Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. One of the interesting culture shifts has been the attitude to so-called freedom of speech. What should be allowed, what should be banned. Fifty years ago, the drivers of the need to ban were conservative forces, leading to the ever-vigilant census office. Well, now it seems to be the liberal progressive communities anxious to shut down material as the debate over hate speech and fake news hots up. Well, this is one of the themes of an Australian documentary called Censored, in which filmmaker Sari Braithwaite investigated clips cut from films by the Australian censors between 1958 and 1971. Sari Braithwaite, welcome to the show. And why that particular time frame? That period, 1958 to 1971, was the archive that I stumbled across. I went into the archives looking for paperwork about censorship and then came across this enormous audiovisual archive of all the clips that the Australian government had cut out of imported films during that time. But it was a kind of striking period in Australian film censorship history because 1971 was this time of huge reform when censorship laws in Australia really changed quite fundamentally. So it's a bit over a decade of time where cutting scenes out of cinema was at its peak and then it really shifted with legal reform in the 70s. What was your initial intention when you decided to look at what got cut from these films? As someone who works in the arts and as a filmmaker, you kind of go into a collection like this expecting to kind of feel aligned with the filmmaker and artistic freedom and freedom of expression. So I think my goal was that I thought I was going to create this cathartic work where we could see all the bits that had been denied and that that would be a wonderful experience to see really important parts of cinema history that were denied and that it would be a liberating experience. Clearly, in the middle of it, you, you, you went in with the idea that it was going to be a bit of a hoot. You know, it was going to be a bit funny seeing how quaint these things were that got cut out. But it wasn't that at all. You clearly got really disturbed by it halfway through. Definitely. And I think that's one of the things, like, you think, looking back, that we're going to be liberated by you know, taboos of the past and that we've changed and maybe and maybe we've evolved. But I think one of the things I realised is that the thing about taboos is that some lift and then others replace them. And that's the thing that really struck me about this collection. The things that bothered me about the, this collection was not necessarily what the censors were bothered about. It bothered me from a sensibility very much of this time and of right now. You know, your film is entirely made up of clips cut from these films but you become overwhelmed by just the nastiness of it it's so violent definitely and I think that that's the thing you know when I've talked to people about this project the response is often you couldn't really be disturbed by stuff that is this old and I think that's one of the key ideas in the film is that one clip alone is you know innocuous and nothing it just washes over you and if you watch it in a film today you probably wouldn't even pay attention to it but it's the sheer quantity and the the repetition of the image it's not about being 
anti-sex and violence and being a wowser in the old school sense. It's about how are sex and violence constantly portrayed in the same way. So it's kind of a subtle distinction there, which does, it gets to you after time. These films that you were looking at, I mean, the, the original films that from which these things were cut, were they mainstream films or were they more the sort of notorious grindhouse films? I wanted to make sure that I was showing a mix of films. You know, when you look at a collection this large, you're talking about all the content that was coming in, being imported during a period. And so you've got a mix of art house films and films from the canon, Hollywood blockbusters, and then definitely a lot of B-grade and a bit of grindhouse exploitation types of films. So there's a whole mix of that coming through. And so I was very kind of cautious in the edit to try and show that everyone was doing this in different ways, that hmm. you know, all these different genres and styles of film, whether you're talking about what's considered high art or low art, which I know can get quite contentious. If you're kind of talking about that gamut, it, there wasn't that much of a distinction when we were talking about the image itself. You know, if you're establishing a bad person, you have to show them being bad, and the way that often they seem to be shown in that way was beating up women. Absolutely. And I think that that was, you know, it's one of those questions that is at the heart of the project is because in a collection like this, it's very difficult to determine, you know, whether they're the bad characters or the good characters Mm. which are committing these acts. And so these clips are devoid of context and resolution and all the things that can make action, you know, tolerable or intolerable in a story. And censorship denies that. So that's the violence of censorship. And that's the problem with a collection like this. And then at the same time, if we see the same image over and over again, regardless of if it's a good guy or a bad guy, what impact does it have? So those are the kind of questions that really struck me when I was going through this project. And I don't necessarily have an answer at the end of it. And that was kind of the purpose of this film, to try and share those questions so we could have a discussion about it. One of the ways in which you end the film is a lot of shots of people looking. And in fact, I found that some of the more shocking parts of the film, the clips that got cut out, was just seeing mostly men looking at these horrible events and clearly getting aroused and excited by it. It was one of those incidental parts of the collection is that wherever there's graphic material that was cut for the censors for their various reasons, there was often spectators and that became this thing that I noticed in the collection that nothing was cut because people were watching but it just happened to be that a lot of stuff was cut and people were watching and so that was felt to be a really powerful way of exploring that idea of who we are as an audience and what we watch and what we look at. Sometimes it washes over us and we don't think about it. And sometimes, you know, we are more critical viewers and that felt like a really important way to try and find resolution in a collection which was really difficult to try and find any structure to. One thing you do make the point of is the fact that um, the censor wasn't particularly, wasn't remotely interested in the quality of the film. It's It wasn't the censor's job to say this is artistically valid or not artistically valid. They, clearly there was a bit of a checklist of things that you were allowed to have in a film and things that you weren't. Definitely, and that was something I noticed that I found kind of quite shocking in the process of watching these clips because I didn't recognise 
a lot of the films in the collections. You know, mm. some I did, but a lot I didn't. And so then my mind would watch these collections a little bit like a censor checking off a list, like cut, punch, right. cut, kiss, all those things. And so you can see how you can go into that bureaucratic mindset of just going through the list and going through the motions. And I thought the censors maybe would have more explicit moral judgments, and they're definitely in there, but most of the time you get the sense of some bureaucrats turning up to work nine to five and just doing what they think is a pretty boring job. One thing I do know that they got very upset about in the early 60s was flick knives. Most people these days don't even know what a flick knife is, but I do know that we were never allowed to see them. There would be a sort of a cut, and clearly something had gone on in there. That was a flick knife. But definitely there was there was the anxiety about the flick knife. There was also anxiety about a whole bunch of other knives. <laughs> um, you know, like vampire knives were, you know, stakes were cut as well. But the, definitely the flick knife was a common theme in the collection that lots of filmmakers were making films with flick knives and um, the censors were immediately cutting it out. So you didn't even have to use it. You just had to bring it and that was enough for the censors to think that that was you know detrimental absolutely moral panic and stuff well i mean we, we sneer at moral panics now but we're going through kind of a certain amount of moral panic right now did your attitude to censorship as a general thing change at the end of this project sorry i think that what it did was it became much more complicated and i and i think that that's really worthy to kind of have a conversation and and discuss because I think maybe there's a little bit of a presumption going into this project or going into seeing this film that you want to see everything and that artistic freedom is paramount, um, which are still things that I, I do <laughs> agree with. But I do think that it can it's something that can be questioned and shaked up a bit, particularly when you kind of ask that question of what happens when artistic freedom impinges on the freedom of other people and the freedom of other people to tell their stories and represent their worlds. And I think it's a really hard question, but I think it's one that um, really complicated my view of how we actually define censorship is much broader than just what the government's doing. It's also about what we're making and what we're viewing. They kind of had this sense of liberation and cutting through taboo and um, being cool in a way. And then you kind of watch them in a different way and then you question them. That's the thing that, that I think has been really interesting about this project in general is your expectations and your ideas about this stuff, how it kind of subtly gets turned. Well, subtly and in big ways it gets turned. And it's been one of those things that I definitely have wrestled with and thought about a lot. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.